0: This month, I chose a little supernatural fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C H I R P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny.
1: There are no overnight successes. Somewhere along the way, you have to put the work in because you actually have to learn how to write. So whether you went to school and studied it or you're querying a thousand times and getting feedback and adjusting your manuscript or what have you, it's not just writing a book. You have to put the work in somewhere.
0: Greetings, scribes. You have tuned into The Writer Files. And I am your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and prosperity per usual. Internationally bestselling thriller author, Samantha Downing, took a break to chat about her 20-year overnight success, writing psychopaths, and how to pen a novel in six months. Samantha's debut novel, My Lovely Wife, about a married couple teaming up to commit murder, was a number one international bestseller that earned Edgar and ITW Thriller Award nominations and an Amazon Best Thriller of the Month selection. Her latest bestseller, psychological thriller For Your Own Good, has been called a perfect summer book by NPR and described as a twisted and compulsively readable spin on the teacher-student relationship. New York Times bestselling author B.A. Paris called it a wonderfully dark, twisty, and compelling thriller set In a prestigious private school and the book's been recently optioned by none other than robert downey jr for a series adaptation at hbo max in this file samantha and i discussed why she chose to showcase the insular world of an elite private school as a setting for her latest how psychopaths tend to hide in plain sight her unique creative process and how she cranks out pages Why there are stacks of unfinished manuscripts she never goes back to. And why writers need to love their craft and be ready when opportunity knocks. Stay calm and write on. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us okay we are back on the writer files i am honored today to be joined by a very special guest i've got best-selling thriller writer samantha downing how is it going today
1: oh it's going very well thank you thank you for having me
0: it's a pleasure and i can't wait to dig into your writing process and um all things uh scribe related but yeah um let's as we do kind of wind back the clock and get your Cliffs uh, notes version of uh, how you got here and kind of your superhero origin story as a writer. Cause I understand, you know, you've, you, as a lot of writers have, you've had a kind of a circuitous route to bestseller, but um, tell us a little bit about kind of just your, your background as a writer.
1: Sure. Um, I started writing as a hobby mostly um, 20 years ago and I didn't study it. I didn't take classes in it. Um, It wasn't something I thought I would do as a career. So I had a whole nother job um, in manufacturing that had nothing to do with writing whatsoever. But I continued writing on the side and uh, ended up... um, My 12th novel is the one that actually first got published, My Lovely Wife And that happened because I joined a writer's group and there was somebody in the writer's group who loved that book and thought it should be published. And she sent it to a friend of hers who sent it to an agent in New York. And that agent contacted me um, and said he only represented nonfiction writers. So it was not for him, but he referred me to someone that he thought might like it. And she signed me and she sold the book in three days. So it I all know. happened because this other person did this <laughs> and and then I ended up a writer. So that's kind of how it the 20-year road to overnight success is
0: basically yeah.
1: how it works.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, we joke about that a lot and so many writers have this pretty incredible story about like another lifetime ago, you know, when they were doing something not writer related, but you know, kind of always had this dream in the back of their back of their mind or a, you know, like a manuscript on the shelf. And, uh, that's a pretty cool story that somebody, you know, went out of their way to do that for you.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it was crazy. And, um, it's one of those things. I I mean, I believe there, there are no overnight successes somewhere along the way you have to put the work in because you actually have to learn how to write and, So whether you went to school and studied it, or you're querying a thousand times and getting feedback and adjusting your manuscript or what have you somewhere, you, it's not just writing a book. You have to put the work in somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So getting over the fear of kind of getting your work out there, regardless of whether it's, you know, like a writing group or, you know, just banging your head again, you know, getting out to the conferences and, and, continually, you know, you're gonna face rejection is basically what boils down to, right? Just but the sooner right. you but the sooner you face it, you know, the sooner you're gonna learn what you need to do the next time to kind of um, right. make it make it a little bit easier to stomach. Well let's talk about your latest. Um congrats on the work. You are probably um doing this uh fun whirlwind virtual tour right now. Yes. And uh how does how is that feeling kind of you know, we don't. It, it seems like the pandemic should have been over, but it's like <laughs> big question mark now. So you know, everyone's kind of uh, uh. right. Yeah, and so we, had you already gone through this with the with the last release?
1: Yes, my last one came out in the middle of last summer. So I have one a year. Thriller writers have to write a book a year, so mine came out a year ago in July, and yeah. of course we were at the height of the pandemic, and everything is virtual, and people were. By then, uh, I, people had put programs together and started doing things online, um, not quite as much as now, but at least there were some established things and bookstores could do uh, online events. And so, uh, yeah, I've been online for two years now.
0: <laughs> yeah, as, as have we all. Yes. Um, but yeah, so you're no stranger to the virtual tour. And, right. Um, probably a pro by now, as, as are a lot of these venues that that want to, um, you know, host authors and get people together via zoom, I I assume is the most popular platform for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, talk about for your own good because, you know, it deals with some of the same themes, but, but a very different, um, kind of twist on this, uh, yeah. Most recent, uh, thriller, talk about the setting and then talk a little bit about kind of the genesis of how you, um, yeah, pick this, this, uh, elite private school for your, for your latest.
1: Sure. Uh, for your own good is about a teacher named Teddy Crutcher, who is, has just been named teacher of the year at Belmont Academy, which is a private high school in the Northeast. And he is, very confident in his abilities to teach and in what his students need to learn. And if everyone would just get out of his way, he would be able to do his job. But unfortunately, people start meddling and chaos ensues. <laughs> and so I really wanted to write about a teacher because teachers have such an impact on students. They're probably influenced kids the same. second only to parents because they spend so much time with kids. And I was thinking about what would happen if there was a teacher who was a psychopath, because the thing about psychopaths is they hide in plain sight and we don't know they're psychopaths until they're either arrested or they do something horrible or both. They just do their thing. So Teddy has his own criteria for grading his students and for, um, writing their recommendation letters. And it's not necessarily based on merit. So it's based on his, what he believes that they need to learn. And because this is a private high school, these are wealthy, entitled, rich kids and who drive better cars than he has. So there is a class plays a huge part in this book in in who Teddy is.
0: There is something already kind of a, unnerving about you know like just a high school setting high schools already kind of feel like prisons don't they
1: (laughs) they do and the kids are really left to navigate through the best way that they can they have pressure coming from multiple adults they have adults that want them to be a certain way and then they have peer pressure from the other kids and they're just trying to figure out when you're uh, high school student, you're just trying to figure out who everybody wants you to be and who you want to be. I mean, that's your, that's, that's pretty much the, your focus as a, as a teenager, even if you don't understand that's your focus, that's what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Right. Really try, trying to navigate, you know, who you are and where, you know, where people place you kind of in the, almost that, like that caste system, mm-hmm. <laughs> the hierarchy as it were. Um, yeah, it's it's hard enough. I mean, it's a really difficult. I found it a, a very difficult time in my life. I, I don't think a lot of people disagree with that sentiment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I think everybody has a hard time in high school. So I think it, it's the nature of the beast.
0: <laughs> but yeah, as you put it, kind of having this a sociopathic uh, um, or psychopathic uh, instructor gives it this really eerie. Um, you know, and you, you've talked about some of the themes here, um, you know, it's like psychological thrillers tend to, um, put you through the ringer with this kind of stuff, but you you talk about entitlement and, and kind of, um, self-delusion. What inspired, um, Mr. Crutcher
1: (laughs) for you? Was it
0: something, was it a teacher you had or?
1: No, it wasn't anything like that. Um, I just wanted... I wanted to write about a teacher who understood what kind of power he has, that he has the power to really um, influence these kids' lives and in the future, uh, especially because everything is so geared towards college now. And in this book, specifically going to an Ivy League college, that th- he really could influence what happens in their life. And he understood that and he used that power. And I think that's just such an interesting concept that – And it's a very scary one that a teacher would do that and not hand out grades based on the work that the student has done, but on some other idea that's in his head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of almost an arbitrary scale of um, students worth Mm -hmm. kind of to the world. But really, what it boils down to is that kind of subjective nature of, you know, however, however this psychopath has been kind of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> raised himself so his own influences <laughs> um yeah it, it never occurred to me that you know and of course you know you you reach out to instructors as you're growing up to give you recommendations for you know be it college or, or beyond but uh usually they send you a copy of the, the letter right um and there's one instance in the book where we learned that uh mr crutcher does not send a letter <laughs> a right you have a letter to the students that ask for
1: exactly
0: which is so unnerving (laughs)
1: um
0: but we won't we, we won't do any spoilers here um but yeah um let's talk let's get into kind of the process behind the novel and as a thriller writer now that is expected to write a novel a year let's talk about how that begins for you and kind of like when you hit your most productive peak um, what that looks like for you.
1: I don't plot my books and I don't outline them and I don't do any advance work. I just sit down and I start writing. And um, that for me is the best way for me to get ideas because each idea leads to another idea. And it is it is the, the process of the story unfolding for me um, is the fun part about writing, but it is Not necessarily the best way when you have to put out a book a year because I start writing books all the time that I don't like or that I Hmm. I lose interest in or that don't work. And I throw out a lot for every book I write. There's probably five books I started that I wrote 20,000 words in them and I threw them out. So for one reason or another, um, which takes up time. And when you have to put out a book a year, it's, it's not a good thing. I write every day. I write every morning. And um, most of that w- will never see the light of day. <laughs> but at some point, I have to actually write in a complete book. And it takes about six months for me to write a whole book. And hmm. um, I, I write about a chapter a day. My chapters are short. And then throughout the day, I think about... Um, what would come next and what feels right to come next. And the next morning I get up and write another chapter and that's pretty much how it goes.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, do you ever find yourself fishing out, um, an unfinished idea that, you know, you felt like could go into the, into the recycling bin, but then, you know, obviously these are digital copies. Did you ever fish one out and be like, Oh, I I actually like this one and then pick it back up again.
1: Um, n- not the complete idea. There are times I, when I might use a certain character or a certain scenario, but I've never taken like the, the original idea and used that original idea again. Usually if I discard it, there's a reason for it. And I, I, I don't go backwards in that way, but occasionally there might be something small that I use or an idea that I had that uh, will work in whatever I'm working on now.
0: Interesting. Interesting. It's funny because I got some press materials and I was reading through and then uh, the very last line got cut off. So I was going to ask you this question because it says, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, but it was also begs a question. She currently lives in new Orleans where she's furiously typing away at her. And then it's like, dot, dot, dot. Oh, there's nothing, uh, there's that. nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it's, I think it's furiously typing away on her next thriller. Okay, <laughs>
0: and I, I thought I was imagining like uh, is she working on a typewriter. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I, used to ask guests, um, you know, are you a Mac or a PC person? So, uh, I'll ask you that one.
1: No, oh, I, I use a PC. I've never used, I've never, I've never used or owned anything by Apple.
0: Hmm. So I'm
1: not in the Apple verse.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, so what's, um, software are you using on that PC?
1: I my books, I use a single word file and I my entire book is in one file and that's how I do it. I don't I don't have anything complicated. It's the simplest process ever. My every time I hear about the software that's out there and the scrivener and the this, it all sounds really great and it all sounds very complicated. And it seems like if I started doing something like that it would become about the process instead of <laughs> about the writing <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it would be, I would spend so much time organizing because in all the little cool features and everything that less writing would be done.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And I have heard that before, but, but um, you know, sometimes s- s- the simplest way is the, you know, the kind of the Occam's razor approach, you know, the simplest way is the right way. Yeah. And if you don't have to adopt a new technology, why spend, that's six months doing that. Right. Exactly.
1: And if, if what you're doing works, don't, I, I I don't want to get distracted by other methods because then that could affect the writing itself.
0: Sure. I bet your editors love you.
1: (laughs) No, they don't because I'm constantly (laughs) changing books. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I threw that one out. I have a new one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Well, uh, I will point, of course, at your home base there, samanthadowning.com and a link to the book. Um, I read also, and congratulations, that uh, the book, For Your Own Good, was optioned by Robert Downey Jr. and a production partner there for HBO Max. Is that right?
1: Yes. Uh, it was to be a limited series on HBO Max. And... I really hope it happens because I would love to watch it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's, that's high praise. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is um, pretty much like Hollywood royalty at this point.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He's just such a massive star and, and it's so strange to think of someone like that reading my book. I mean, it just, is kind of mind, mind boggling.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty high praise. Well, this wall of blurbs is exciting. Lots of, uh, lots of amazing, um, blurbs here. I will read a couple here. I thought, well, NPR obviously had a nice blurb. They said it was the perfect summer book. It's going to be a bump, a very bumpy school year, <laughs> 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 but, um, Yeah, your peers had lots of nice things today. B.A. Paris, New York Times bestselling author said, a wonderfully dark, twisty, and compelling thriller set in a prestigious uh, private school. How are you feeling right now uh, as you uh, kind of talk more about the book? And then um, what are you working on next? Yeah, it's
1: always strange when a book comes out as well, especially during these times when you're online and you're not at a bookstore talking to people physically. it, it's it's really exciting and then it, it, there's so much goes into a book i mean this book was finished in march of 2020 and mm-hmm. we're now in july of 2021 and it, it's coming out so there's all of that editing work and promo work and everything has gone into it for so long and then it's like your day is over and people are on to the next book <laughs> people are on mm-hmm. to the next new release but So you kind of have to remember that it takes people a while to read it. It, People don't read in one day, typically. The typical reader does not. And they might not pick it up till this weekend, and they might not read it for two more weeks when they go on vacation and and what have you. But all of the excitement and the buildup is usually all in the first week. And I do interviews like this and promote it. And then next week, there's a whole new crop of books. There are thousands of books that come out every year. So it, it's, it's sort of a surreal thing. and then I don't have another one coming out for another year. So yeah, it, it's, it, book releases are a strange time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. As you mentioned, um, it's not the same as kind of a live event and then um, people don't like inhale the book, you know, like while you're watching them on the screen, right? They, they're right. Talking about it. They're picking it up. They're, you know, maybe they've started it or they're looking at the cover. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And it's not it's not like a movie you watch in two hours. So
0: well, um, let's see, let's wrap up with a a fun one here before we get your advice to uh your fellow scribes on how to keep going. If you could choose one author from any era for an all-expense paid dinner to your favorite restaurant in the world, all expenses paid, obviously. I think I, I think I re, I'll reiterate that. Um, who would you choose, and where would you take them?
1: Probably Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl mm-hmm. and Sharp Objects. Um, I think her work is fascinating, and I don't know where I did. The, I guess the restaurant wouldn't really matter, but I would I would love to talk to her. She seems like a fascinating person who's just written some amazing books to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite local spot you want to take her out or just take her out for drinks or
1: just, yeah, just whatever. It doesn't matter. None of that. <laughs> just whatever, just whatever, <laughs> Wherever <laughs> she wants to go is fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes just having a coffee with, with someone smart is, uh, definitely equally is invigorating. Okay. Well, um, yeah, before we, uh, let you off the hook here, I know you're, you vo- you know, you're, getting hoarse, uh now by the, by the these <laughs> interviews but we appreciate your time just uh you know maybe a pearl of wisdom for other writers on who may not ha- who may not have your you know sphere of influence or you know um
1: my advice would be first of all if you if you don't love to sit down and write it this is probably not the thing for you because you you have to love it and you have to face that page a lot and if it's not something you enjoy doing it's probably not your your thing. And so hopefully if you are a writer, you love to sit down and actually write. The act of writing is something you don't want to just be a published writer. You want to physically write the book. My, my early days were all spent on the craft itself. So I can't say enough about that. If I had not done the work I had done, I would not have had the outcome that I have. When Opportunity knocks. I was on book number 12 and I had sufficiently learned how to write well enough to get somebody's attention. So I cannot say enough about concentrating, concentrate on the writing. The writing is, it's all about the writing. It really is. Editors and agents get submissions every day that they want the good stuff. That's what they're looking for. And they get submissions every day that are turned down because the writing is just not there. So that's where I could say every, everything literally is about the writing itself and not the business.
0: Yeah, well put. Well, uh, thank you again. Congrats on the work. Um, I will also link to your Facebook page. Is there anywhere else you want to connect with? My Instagram. Instagram, it is. Uh, we'll put links to all those great things. Samantha, thank you. And uh, hopefully you'll come back and wrap with us again in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Writer Files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us. You can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.